Well, 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 we're here in a new environment. This is something fun. It makes me 100 times more nervous. Oh, no. Because <laughs> we're not in a little op- closet office. Well, you know, we're moving on up. Upgrading. To the Upper East Side. So how is your family reacting to this podcast? Because mine are loving it. My family is definitely loving it. I think my mm-hmm. mom is the one who is watching them, mostly compared to my brother and my dad. But she loves it um, when she has time for it. But she's very supportive and loves, and she knows how much I love just mm-hmm. having conversations that aren't normal conversations of like what the weather's like. Mm-hmm. So I think she's excited that I, we have a platform and yeah. I'm talking to different people that aren't, you know, normal mm-hmm. people I see every single day. Yeah, I'm definitely getting a lot of good feedback from my family in respect to wow i didn't know you felt like that i'm like i fully feel like you did but that's all right (laughs) (laughs) so on the topic of family let's talk about our topic of the day what are we talking about morgan today we are talking about family influences on wellness Ooh, okay so we have a very important guest one of my favorite professors on campus dr kelly odenweller Hello. hello So great to be here. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and get started and tell us where you're from, how you got involved in communication studies. Sure. So I am originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I did my undergrad in Pennsylvania, and then I did my master's and PhD at West Virginia University, mm-hmm. and I studied communication studies all through my education. And what got me interested in this field is my fascination for how powerful our interactions with Mm -hmm. our romantic partners, our family members, our friends is on how we feel about ourselves and how we feel about other people. Mm -hmm. I've always been drawn to watching people interact, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. in a creepy way, just sort of (laughs) eavesdropping on conversations, trying to figure out. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I've always loved that and trying to figure out, you know, how does that make them feel? What is their relationship like because of the way they're talking to each other? Mm-hmm. You know, what are some of those good things that happen when we, you know, support each other, give affection? What are some of those kind of kind of dark things that happen when mm-hmm. we don't uh. do that? I'm just very fascinated by that and thought I'd make a career out of it. Yeah. So, so then after doing my my master's and PhD at WVU, I came here. This is my first job out of grad school, and I absolutely love being here. And I've had a lot of really amazing students awesome. who have made the teaching and researching interpersonal relationships here really rewarding and validating Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so on the topic of interpersonal relationships why don't you go ahead and define for the audience what interpersonal communication is sure so as i talk about in com studies 311 which is the class that you were in Mm -hmm. we we define interpersonal communication as those interactions with our close partners and where we are talking about our personal identities, so things that make us unique people. Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. When we interact with people you know, at the grocery store or people that we pass on the street, we will have interactions with those type of people, but we're not getting to know who they are as right. individuals typically. And so interpersonal communication is when we're really asking those questions and trying to get to know what makes you you and and how can how you feel about yourself or how you define yourself, how does that influence how I might define myself or how I feel about myself? Mm-hmm. And those personal identities that we're sharing in those interactions then creates those close interpersonal relationships mm. compared to 
just focusing on like, oh, you're a man or you're a woman or you're a particular race or you're a particular age. When we start focusing on those social identities, that mm-hmm. moves it a little right. bit outside of interpersonal rela- relationships and interactions. And that really becomes we're talking across group lines. Mm-hmm. Very meaningful, very important for interpersonal interactions. But right. those interpersonal interactions are the ones that we have more in our private setting where we're really looking at each other as individuals. Mm-hmm. Like our family members, our romantic partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. To continue this interpersonal communication talk, how does that affect wellness and how does it affect you personally just being well and like you're out? Well, how does it relate to other things in your daily life? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that because communication is so powerful mm-hmm. and and we everybody places a lot of importance on close personal relationships mm-hmm. that the way that we interact with those people in our lives definitely shapes, like I said, how we view ourselves mm-hmm. and therefore how we care for ourselves. Mm. Yes. And so it's it has a profound influence on our wellness. And if we talk about like our family interactions, you know, the ways that we talk with our parents or the way that our parents talk to us as adults or as children, that shapes all, ev- pretty much everything that happens in our lives mm-hmm. moving forward. You know, the way that you were raised and talked with your parents will shape how you talk to your romantic partners. Mm-hmm. And then the way you talk mm-hmm. to your romantic partners, that's going to determine a lot about, you know, how you treat people, even yourself included. Yeah. You know, if you, um, if you have a very serious conflict with your romantic partner, that's probably mm-hmm. gonna influence your mood your emotions and then when you go out into the world after that conflict you're probably going to then treat other people with those moods right. and emotions mm-hmm. in mind and then also that reflects back on you know your self-esteem your self-worth and mm-hmm. and the cycle of that of course that's a dark side of it if, if we have really good conversations with our family members or our romantic partners then we carry those positive moods right, with right, us right. as we go through the day so it has a really big impact on you know how we're caring for ourselves and how mm-hmm. we see mm-hmm. ourselves yeah, I definitely find myself looking at the way people are interacting and wondering to myself, I wonder what your family structure is like. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And at first thinking about it, you think, oh, well, you know, every family is different. Every family sure. has things that they go through. But the fact that your family influences so much of how you interact with people, it's scary to think about. It, it, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This summer, I was a camp counselor on the East Coast in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Wow. um, For it was a traditional camp where the kids went away for seven weeks. So they were there for the whole summer and they had gone to this camp since they were really young. And Mm. I was a counselor for 13 year old girls. Okay. And there was one day where it was called, um, I think it was just parent day or something. And all the parents could come and visit. And it was definitely. That's why your child acts like that. Uh-huh. You know, it's just yeah. like seeing the parents. Yes. It definitely gave reasoning as to how the kids communicated with each other, how they presented mm-hmm. themselves, what they thought of themselves. Because yeah. I was living with these girls every single day for seven weeks. So I got to see everything from their highest moments to when they just did not want to be at camp. They oh, didn't yeah. like anyone. And just seeing like how their parents acted and how their parents communicated to them, that really... You know, it's a huge reflection of, you know, their communication, sure. why this child is like this. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's a really good example. I really got to see that firsthand. I think I had kn- known that, mm-hmm. but to really see that was yeah. 
it was kind of eye-opening it is and your your points about how you can sort of connect the dots and figure people out Mm -hmm. is is a good one because it does uh, we model a lot of what we learn from our families Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but we also have an opportunity to compensate for what we learn in our families oh yeah (laughs) yeah so (laughs) i don't want to blame parents you know for Mm -hmm. all of those bad communication behaviors we might have and because (laughs) as we age we we become aware of what's Mm -hmm. working and what's not working and we have Mm -hmm. an opportunity to maybe do something different than Mm -hmm. maybe how our parents talk to us yes yeah and it's hard to do that i will admit Mm -hmm. you know there there are sometimes where like my husband will be like oh you're talking like your mom (laughs) (laughs) i can hear it i can see it (laughs) and as much as i you know i might not be aware of it in the moment when i reflect Mm -hmm. back i think gosh yeah i just the way that i phrase that or you know how i approached my kids in that moment was maybe Mm -hmm. how i you know my mom would have approached me and it's tough to break that cycle Mm -hmm. but that's part of learning how to be an effective communicator in our relationships Mm -hmm. we have to like sort of step back and monitor oh did i really get the outcome that i wanted right Mm -hmm. out when we were arguing did it go the way i wanted and if not i have to make different choices next time Mm -hmm. so that i'm not repeating those behaviors that i learned yeah and we'll get into unlearning behaviors a little bit later um i think when i think about my family specifically and how their influences on me growing up have affected me now my goodness my dad was always (laughs) like a nuclear weapon for laughter and for high energy and Mm. every single space he's in he's going to say hello to every single person and as a kid i used to think oh my god dad you're being so annoying (laughs) like no one wants to talk to you that much and then now that I'm older, I'll find myself waving hello to people in the hallway yeah, yeah. and people will point me out in certain pizzerias yeah. and I'm like, I'm that person. Yeah, I'm, fully, I'm doing it. I've become that person. Mm-hmm, yeah. Right. It's, it's something that I'm becoming more aware of and I hope other people are starting to become more aware of. And have you seen, Morgan, have you seen those influences specifically with your parents as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And I even think as a little kid, I kind of thought, how will... Or I just saw how my mom was a very people person. And I thought, how ever am I going to be that brave to Aww. talk to that many people? Mm-hmm. And then you just grow up and you just turn into that. And it's yeah. kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, um, I see some influences from my dad, which I love both of my parents so much. Mm-hmm. My dad sometimes gets very opinionated and he has an opinion and sure. he's stubborn and he sticks with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's moments in my daily life where... I realized that I had those exact, maybe not the same opinions as sure. him. Mm-hmm. They might be very different from him, but I'm in the same way as I have my opinions. I'm going to stick with them. Yeah. And I'm stubborn. So it's just realizing the good and the bad Absolutely. and how, you know, that's you. And then if that's really what you, if you want to change something, what are you going to do to change it? Why do you want to change it? What are right. those steps? So it's definitely realizing that. There are some good and there's and there's some bads to influence from your parents and from your family. Mm -hmm. I think that especially goes into talking about wellness and how we take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. As Kelly spoke a little bit earlier, I think about wellness when I was growing up and it was never the subject around the dinner table. It was never a, you know, how are you doing? How are you doing? Kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. It was just how are your grades? Bills got paid. Yep. Yeah. This, this, that, and that's the end of dinner. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I think 
we start to see the changes in our health behaviors, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to self-care. I find myself on the borderline between this is selfish and this is necessary. Because you want to be able to be as mobile as possible. You want to be able to be as on the ball as you can. But with that being said, you have to be aware of your mental health and Mm, the toll that all your daily activities are taking on you. It's it's you have to know your limits. You have to. Yeah. 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 Because it's hard sometimes to say no when, Mm -hmm. you know, people ask you to do things, whether it's a work responsibility or some social gathering Mm -hmm. or it's your, your, you know, your own personal like chores you need to get done. I mean, you have to know. What can you handle? And everybody is different in that regard. Mm-hmm. And I would say that that is not something that I learned from my family. Like mm-hmm. we, we are a very open family. Mm-hmm. I, I shared a lot with my parents when I was younger. I, there really weren't a lot of topics that were off limits with my parents. But right, wellness right. was not something that I think that was discussed regularly. Mm-hmm. You know, like the very specific things about like how are you managing your stress how are you dealing with this very traumatic situation? Right. How are you making sense of some of the things going on in your life? We, we didn't necessarily talk like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think back, and I don't think we had that much discussion about it either in my family, but my mom is, um, she's a very empathetic person, so I think sometimes she would notice that something's going on, right. and she would, she would give me a space to talk about it, but she would definitely make it my own decision of what I'm going to do about it and Good. what what's going to happen. Like, what am I going to try to do to make sure that. So I think my parents definitely had an influence on me, but they didn't want it to be their influence all the time that right. they wanted to see. They knew that I was a smart kid. Sure. And that they I think they really focused and wanted me to try to figure some of that stuff out for myself, That's great. Mm-hmm. which was I'm so thankful for, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. I think part of the reason why these conversations aren't had between parents as children is because those were never conversations their parents had with Absolutely them. Agree, yeah. And the awareness of even self-care is a fairly new concept. Sure. I would say in the last 10 years, it's really blown up. Yeah. But prior to the 2000s, for sure, I, completely unheard of in terms of taking care of right. yourself. No. Taking care of yourself. Yeah. Well, I think another thing that is related to that is how prevalent helicopter parenting has become. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think one reason why these discussions aren't happening is because parents are now taking over some of their children's responsibilities or even their Mm -hmm. emotions and trying to regulate their children's lives so they don't experience hardship or adversity. And then they don't have to focus on wellness because their parents are there taking care of it for them. Right. And so in my experience, I don't think we had those conversations because my mom would just try to step in and fix things mm-hmm. so that we we weren't hurting or we weren't right. stressed or we weren't, you know, worried about, you know, what was going on in our life that my parents thought their role was to make it better for us, mm-hmm. not have us make our own de- independent decisions right. necessarily about it. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think I there was some of that in my family as well. Where I can just think of my mom just oh, I wish I could do something. And it's like, well, you can't. And that's, you know, we're just going to have to figure it out myself yeah. or yeah. whatever. But I definitely see a trend. In, and I think just in with your friends, you want to 
I, I think if you've grown up like that way, you also treat your friends like that way. Sure. That you just want to fix things mm-hmm. and you just want to give them advice where that's not always necessary. They need to have that inter you know interpersonal c- communication within themselves yep. of, or intrapersonal communication. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Where they're trying to figure out themselves what they should do rather than be have advice and have other people fix it for mm-hmm. them. Absolutely. Yeah, that definitely get in that gets into the idea of holding yourself accountable, even as an adult in college. You think, oh, they're just freshmen or they're just sophomores. It's like, no, you're you're an adult now, yeah. and it's important to start holding yourself accountable for the actions that you make right. and how you take care of yourself. Absolutely. Because you, I did not have helicopter parents. I come from a working class family, and they were very much like, Figure this is out. what you're going to do. If you want education, go have an education. Like we want that, you know, better for you. We want Mm -hmm. you to, you know, obviously do well, but it was never, we're going to do things for you because we want to fix it. They wanted me to be very Mm self-sufficient and I find myself being very self-sufficient. So when I see other people, especially in my line of work, customer service, who just seem to not be able to operate on their own, I think to myself, did your parents never have you buy anything for yourself or <laughs> had your parents never sent you into the store to get something by your, right, you know, right, I just, right. those are, those are the conversations that need to be had in my opinion. But then again, that's just my opinion. <laughs> well, it's not, I mean, it, it's a good opinion because mm-hmm. we see a lot of depression and anxiety associated with those family structures where the parents are hovering and mm-hmm. taking care of everything for their children. You say you were self-sufficient, you were independent, and you probably have a high level of coping ability Mm -hmm. when you are in a stressful situation, when you you encounter something that doesn't go the way you want it to go. Mm -hmm. You probably find solutions on your own to get through it. Well, when your parents have always done that for you, it's much more difficult for you to figure out what is a constructive way to handle this situation. Because you've never had to work through those skills. Mm -hmm. Someone was always there ready to swoop in and fix it for you. Mm -hmm. And so it is your opinion that you said that, Mm -hmm. but it really is like backed by scientific evidence that it's really important for kids and adults to be able to take care of themselves, whether that's in like a self-care situation or Mm -hmm. that's in a finding solutions to fix a problem situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we're going to get into a concept that I found very interesting, but I questioned it for a long time in terms of how this would apply to me. So unlearning behaviors is something that I, I heard on Oprah. I, I heard it on Oprah. <laughs> I was watching old episodes of Oprah on YouTube at three in the morning as one does. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> everyone, everyone can relate. Yes, to that. absolutely. Right, Been there. And she was just discussing how when we're unlearning these behaviors, we have to be open to all aspects of our lives and that you maybe didn't grow up in the best family or maybe you didn't have a lot of money, mm-hmm. you know, in your young adult life. Um, these are things that matter. And like your health matters, your physical appearance matters, all of that matters in terms of how your family raised you, how you want to move forward in your life. And it's it's a very complex concept, but I think it's important to think about, well, my parents raised me this way, and if it's not a healthy way, what are you going to do to better that? Right. And I, I, I don't know. What do, you, what do y'all think about that? Um, I think that 
yeah, you you definitely need to examine all aspects of your relation or your life, as you're saying, mm-hmm. and and it might it might be mostly dominated by your upbringing, but it might also be influences that we don't we don't even know why we behave the way we do. Mm. You know, like it could be something that your parents had nothing to do with, like you know, a social group that you belong to, mm-hmm. or you know, discrimination that you faced. Or the media or something like that mm-hmm. um but yes you should do a like sort of the self-monitoring the self become more self-aware as mm-hmm. to how you've taken things that you've learned whether it's from your parents or from other socializing agents and and use those skills that you've learned whether they're positive or negative and yeah. then and then be more intentional when you s- start developing relationships or having conversations with people i mean you know there's like some research on affection let's just use that if you Mm -hmm. come from a non-affectionate family it doesn't mean that you're doomed but you should Mm -hmm. learn how to show affection to Mm -hmm. other people because there's a lot of health benefits associated with that Mm -hmm. and so if that's one of those things like well my parents were never really affectionate with me and and therefore it's difficult for me to show affection to other people well that could be a hindrance in building close relationships meaningful Mm -hmm. close relationships right and so if you know that, if that's something that you're becoming a little bit more aware of, and then you have to purposefully try to compensate for that and, mm-hmm. and do other things so that you, you can be more affectionate with your friends, your romantic partners, things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I definitely, it's, it's that process of figuring out what you do want to change and what you do think maybe isn't the right way that you want to live that you live like learned from your parents mm-hmm. is that process of being conscious of your actions or how how you relate with other people and taking a lot of time and recognizing it will take time right to uh, counterbalance or reshape yes it and it, and you have to be willing to take all that time and all mm-hmm. that effort yeah and like i said it's really it's really hard to do that it's really hard to unlearn something that has influenced you from birth. Yeah. Right. I mean, that has shaped every interaction that you've had up until the point you decide you don't maybe want to do some of those things anymore. Mm-hmm. And so to then, and I've, I've found too, like, you know, sometimes my parents would be offended when I say, I don't want to do it just like you did it. So, yeah. you know, having those conversations, like, I love you and I'm so grateful mm-hmm. for, you know, all of the things that you taught me and our relationship through the years. But there's some things that I would like to do better because I know that I'm not succeeding or I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. able to do the things I want to do because I'm modeling some of those destructive behaviors. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's having that conversation and kind of confronting, you know, maybe your parents or your family that it is a destructive behavior. Right. And mm-hmm. then that's incredibly hard Difficult, and it's not yes. going to be fixed in one conversation. No. Or in one, no. you know, weekend, you know. So it's recognizing what's important to you if it's really worth changing for your wellness and for your life right and if it's going to benefit you and benefit if you think it's ultimately going to benefit your family as well Mm -hmm. if you recognize to them that it's destructive and so maybe it takes a lot of effort Mm -hmm. sure does yeah and you also have to connect the dots you have to be able to connect the dots and you know if you notice that you might be feeling anxiety in certain situations like Mm -hmm. you have to really be thoughtful about okay what might be some of those triggers Mm -hmm. right and you have to dissect 
the environment, the situation, the, the people involved. I mean, it's a right. lot to, mm-hmm. to undertake. Yeah. And then you have to start practicing different behaviors. So mm-hmm. it's a very difficult process. And I think what's hard for a lot of folks, especially in college, is that you almost need to hit a rock bottom to realize that it's time to start re-raising myself. Right. Yeah. It's time to start going back and understanding this is why this happened. Right. This is why I'm speaking the way I'm speaking. This is who really changed my life in yes. this way. And that's a very difficult conversation to have. Mm-hmm. I've had these conversations with my dad individually, my mom individually, and both of their answers were polarizing in terms of mm. how re-raising themselves has affected you know us as kids and mm-hmm. you know the rest of the family but my dad grew up um raised by his mom for the majority of time mm-hmm. and then my grandpa was on off in terms of like coming in and out of people's lives and yeah. that was something he had to process and mm-hmm. go on an emotional journey to realize that I have to re-raise myself in terms of how I view masculinity how I view strength how to be the best role model and dad I can be right. mm-hmm. and that was completely left from what my mom was thinking what my mom was saying for her it was about being a good mom and showing the compassion and showing a lot more affection mm-hmm. granted my grandparents on my mom's side did show a lot of affection but it was it was in a sense of we're going to do things for you right. we're going to help you out like right. we're always going to be there for you but I don't believe there was a lot of direct affection and that's something that she had to really think about when she was going to have kids. So re-raising yourself is, it's tough. It's yeah. tough stuff. Yeah, you know. it is. It, and you bring up some good points about, you know, the things that we carry through, we carry from our parents, like mm-hmm. masculinity, femininity, just those roles that we take on and, mm-hmm. um, and, Every family has its own structure that might be influencing some mm-hmm. of those things differently. And there's really no r- one right way or one best way to mm-hmm. do that. But if you find yourself sort of um, maybe you think you're deficient in some area, like that might be a good time to sort of like look at yourself and say, OK, where did I learn? Like you said, the rock bottom, like all of a sudden mm-hmm. I feel like I can't. Like, why are my relationships not working out? Or mm-hmm. why do I, why am I struggling with some of these like mental health issues? Or, mm-hmm. you know, why, why am I failing at jo- my job or whatever might be that like point where you realize like things are not going the way I want them to mm-hmm. that. Yeah. It's a, it's good to reflect back on those role models and they probably were doing the best that they could. Right. Yes. You know, like yeah. you say, like, your grandparents you know they were doing it mm-hmm. how they knew and how they were mm-hmm. raised and mm-hmm. and same thing with your parents and so every parent every family member you know if it's like an extended family member that's shaping you they're probably have really good intentions and they're mm-hmm. working really hard to make you the best that you can be right. but we're all human and we all have our shortcomings and we all mm-hmm. make mistakes mm-hmm. and the biggest thing is recognizing that you know it's okay to say i'm sorry that right. I yeah. that I did that or mm-hmm. you know that I said that to you you know that must have been hurtful mm-hmm. you know like do you want to talk about it and I mean parents saying that to kids can be very powerful like owning the fact that yes mm-hmm. I might have more power than you because I'm mm-hmm. your parent but we all are learning through this process of parenting and raising you and that it's okay to say like I messed up 
yeah. and, and I want to do better next time. Right. Yeah. yeah. I also connect this. I've taken a leadership course where we took a few exams to figure out our strengths. And mm-hmm. I think it's really important to realize your strengths and then also know what are to your strengths and yes. tell people that. Like, I'm very sorry that this hurt you. Mm. I'm not strong in this area. Mm-hmm. Like, what can we do as in a relationship, in a friendship, right, as family right. members, what can we do to compensate and help build my strengths to help, you know, build your strengths and like, right. like try to outweigh these weaknesses. Yes. I think that's an important conversation to have is what do you do well? What do I do well? Right. And mm-hmm. how is our strengths going to help our communication? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we definitely get into how to have those conversations because I don't know of any parents, (laughs) including my own who want to talk about their parenting skills (laughs) and how they influence their children. Because I come from very uh, humble beginnings and my parents were very much, we're doing the best we can. We never want you kids to feel left out. We never want you kids to feel like you Mm -hmm. can't have anything, but let's be real here. You know? And I think those conversations on, this is how we live. This is the income that we have. And this is what we have to work with right. was essential in me becoming more self-sufficient. Yeah. And those were hard conversations for them to have because right. I can't imagine it's easy to tell your kids, this is the best I've got. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. You know, it is, it, it's sad. And yeah. I think back now, the strength that must have taken right. to have, those words come out of their mouths and kelly you're a mom how does that impact you when you talk about wellness to your kids and are you hyper aware now that you teach this content Mm -hmm. yeah sometimes in the moment i'm just a person and i just i fall back on some of those behaviors i learned as a as a child Mm -hmm. from my parents it happens when i reflect on like later after i have a conversation with my kids if it didn't go very well i later mm-hmm. might be thinking back like gosh you know maybe i feel bad about how i behaved in the conversation or maybe mm-hmm. i'm just trying to search for explanations for the way that they behaved mm-hmm. how they talked but yes one thing that my husband and i both try to do is apologize when we don't communicate as effectively as we should Mm -hmm. and it's recognizing and it's recognizing these are some of my shortcomings as a person right Mm -hmm. whether that's um stress managing my own stress as a person can Mm -hmm. definitely influence conversations that i have at home Mm -hmm. and it's being really honest with my kids about that and Mm -hmm. letting them know like i'm not perfect and there's a lot of things that you know, I want to improve upon that mm-hmm. we can all be better. Every day we wake up and we have an opportunity to treat somebody nicer, talk to somebody more constructively. Mm-hmm. And we've always tried to have those relationships with our with our kids that they know that we are doing the best we can, but we do mess up. You're going to mess up. We're going to mess up. But right. we're here to support each other through this journey. And I think that I, I think that they'll carry that with them, you know, mm-hmm. that they'll, if, if we have done something that would hurt them, you know, would make them feel bad about themselves or, you know, they have a struggle at any point in their life, while they might be upset in that moment, I hope they can draw on that. You know, I can still talk to my parents about it. I can right. still 
share, be open about my feelings and mm-hmm. we can work through it together versus them feeling like they're isolated from us right. and have to somehow manage all that on their own. Because then I, I think that's where we get some of those self-care issues mm-hmm. when children start to disassociate themselves and not just from their parents, but also from their peers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they don't know how to, they don't know how to deal with that adversity or that, you know, that difficult experience. They don't know where to go mm-hmm. to deal with it. So I'm hoping that the way that we have, you know, tried to instill that, you know, we're all working on this, we're a family and we're, we're united together to get through whatever mm-hmm. life throws at us that, that that will help them to some mm-hmm. degree. But we don't have, my kids are nine and five, so we don't have conversations necessarily about wellness or self-care in the way that, you know, we might talk about it here on campus. But we certainly say things like, you know, you, you have to take care of your body. If you Mm. are tired or, you know, you feel like you have too much going on, you know, with activities or school Mm -hmm. or whatever it is, you tell us that you need a break. You tell us that, you know, you need a day of downtime or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how we do it at like yeah. this young age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And thank you for sharing that. That that gave me a lot of insight on, you know, thinking about when I have kids and how to have those conversations because mm-hmm. I'm I'm hoping parents are watching this also <laughs> because this is I mean, this is key insight from well, someone who knows the content and who has kids and who's actively going through these emotions. Yeah, I'm certainly yeah. not perfect. You know, no, we, no one is. Yeah. No one is. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's definitely the point is realizing that you're not po- perfect and being open with it and mm-hmm. figuring it out. Right. Even though you aren't. Right. So I think we all just need to give ourselves some grace. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Oh, well, speaking of giving grace. <laughs> OK, so we our giving grace portion is we talk about a quote. I give a quote that's relevant to the topic mm-hmm. and then we discuss it. So today's quote is you shouldn't feel guilty about taking time for yourself. Mm-hmm. Every so often, everyone needs to give themselves a big old bear hug and treat themselves to some TLC by Sean Covey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think about that a lot when I'm thinking about my day and I just got Google Calendar Believe yes. it or not, I wow. just too. got it. Me too. I just, I just got it. It's a life changer. And it really it is. It really is. Mm-hmm. And I think about how <laughs> hectic my life was prior to this. And I'm like, I'm doing so good. Yeah. I'm doing so good. Yes. Look at me being organized. Yes. And it has definitely helped to decrease my stress good. tenfold. That's great. Tenfold. It sounds like a small thing, but it, it really does make oh, a, a yeah. big impact on like how you're structuring your days mm-hmm. and when you're finding time for yourself. Because mm-hmm. yeah, that's also something important to like be making time for. Yeah. 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 Uh, something else I just recently did that is helped my life in numerous ways is I just recently cleaned my room because mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm someone who like I'm very busy and that's just one of the things that I'm like, oh, it's OK. I just I'm just in my room to go to sleep and yeah. that's all, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe studying the in on my desk sometimes, but otherwise it's pretty much a mess. Yeah. But just cleaning that up gives me the space, like s- clear space in my head. Sure. Just to uh, realize that this is my room. It looks great. Yeah. I feel, feel great. Good. It feels way better. And it's definitely turned over to, or, you know, fell over into some of the attitudes I had towards school and other things, good, you that's know. Great. So that's another little thing I've yeah. done recently. Any little thing, anything that you can do, 
So we talked about some really awesome concepts and shared a lot of really good stories. So I want our takeaway piece to be that family can be complicated and so can your journey through wellness. When leaning on your support system, realize that you're also your own support system. So give yourself some grace. Give yourself a big bear hug. Give yourself (laughs) some TLC. And if you have any questions for our audience, if you have any questions about what it means to get involved in interpersonal communication or communication studies, you can look at communication studies on our Iowa State website. Um, Check out the major. And then we also have counseling services on our student wellness website if you would like more information about that. So with closing, everyone be well. And thank you so much, Kelly, for coming and joining me. Thank you. All right.